wow. back in, no. when I was in that. Yeah, I'm not hip. I don't know. I feel like Rebecca's more hip to the TV show media what? stuff. <laughs> I don't I'm know like, anything. <laughs> like, honestly, I haven't watched any of the like famous TV shows from the 90s for some reason. 90210? That was a big one. Way, way back. Yeah, like not even Friends. I haven't even watched The Office. That's a new one, I know. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I haven't anyway. either. You haven't? Oh, that's crazy. I, I think people hate us for not like watching that stuff. But anyways... Okay. Um, yeah. Wait, uh, Dr. Shiba, have you watched The Office? Oh, yeah, I've seen The Office. Do you uh, like it? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I've seen the entire uh, British office, and I've seen just bits and pieces of the uh, North American one. So I've actually seen the British office more than the North American one. Oh, yeah, because they, they were the originators. Like, they the were original, the original, yeah. It's a little, the British humor is a little more awkward, a little more uh, <laughs> yeah. off the cuff. But the, actually, the North American one's pretty awkward, too. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's two types of people. You either like The Office or you can't, like, you can't even watch the episodes. Yeah, or you just don't get it. Like, it just goes yeah. over your head. My sister's watched it, like, at least yeah. 10 times. Like, one episode, she's watched it at least 10 times. Like, I don't, I don't know how. I don't know yeah. why she likes wow. it so much. I can't even do that to a show that I like. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's the, kind of, it's, the kind of show, it's the kind of show I could just turn on and watch and not even think about it in the background. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, but today, we have... A very, 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 very special guest, um, chemistry department, Hall of Fame, Dr. Chiba. You might have heard him from, you might have heard from him uh, in 1AO3, Chem 1AO3, Orgo 2EO3, Orgo 2BO3, all sorts of chemistry. He knows it all. He's been there. Wow, it's a lot of... A lot of a lot of varies there. Very yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Well, we we want to give you the platform to because I'm just kind of going off the top of my head, but I know you do teach a lot of chemistry, so a lot of a lot of first year, a lot of second year, uh, orgo and uh, general chem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm the uh, guy does all those uh, service courses, those big ones. Um, yes, yep, you said two EO three, two O A three, two O B three, one A O three, and one A A three are the big ones. One A A three. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for joining us, Dr. Chiba. Obviously, it's a very busy time in the semester, so we appreciate you. And I'm sure that everyone in health science, and there's going to be some students in your organic chemistry class right now, but they're going to listen to this, so I'm sure they're going to enjoy it. But thank you for oh, coming. Um, and yeah, so do you want to introduce yourself a little bit for a few people that might not know you? <laughs> yeah, so I'm Anthony Chiba. I'm one of the uh, chemistry uh, professors in the at McMaster University here in the chemistry department, chemistry department, obviously. Um, I teach, a lot of you may have seen me from first year chem, I teach first year and mostly organic chemistry in the second year. 2EO3 has been my like big course that I teach every year for the past three, four years. And I sometimes drop into 2OA or 2OB. It's more of a uh, where they need me though. Um, usually I fill in one or two of the roles depending on you know where they, where they need me and then always the summer offerings as well. Okay. So, There's always a huge debate in health side whether two EO three is better to take or two AO three. What's your opinion? Oh, oh, I, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna make a joke here. Um, I think the <laughs> University of Ottawa needs to pay half my salary. <laughs> fun fact. Well, two EO three. Um, the class size in the past three years has gone from two hundred to three hundred to four hundred and fifty. Wow. And a lot of it has to do with med school requirements at Ottawa, I think, and how they've changed things a little bit. Yeah, uh, yep. I can tell you yeah. that for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know how things work. Um, no, but uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're very different courses. Um, 2EO3 is kind of my little brainchild there. Uh, it used to be like organic chemistry for engineers. Like that was what it was originally designed for. Um, it is not that anymore. Like um, for a lot of, in the past few years, you guys may know like, the demographic is now in that course one third engineers, one third life size, and one third health size. Makes and then there's like, and then there's like three people who are in arts inside. It's it's a really weird demographic. Um, it's fun, it's fun, but it's just it's like you're catering to like three different crowds and trying to develop a course that you know fits everyone's needs. Mm, for sure. um, but yeah, the debate between two EO three and two OA three. I mean, a lot of it comes down to if you want to do the labs or not, um, and how much depth you really want to know the organic chemistry, because 2EO3 is a little more surfacey-ish. Um, yeah. And then 2OA is a little more in depth, a little slower, but definitely more depth and more like you know, molecular orbitals. 
I think that's the word that they really they really use in 083 that I don't touch. Yeah, that was the worst. <laughs> I took two AO3 and Allie took two EO3. Yes, so. sir. Two EO3, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I always choose two EO3 over two AO3 or two. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah it's, the molecular orbitals is probably the biggest difference. They, 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 they push those to death in 208, which is their choice. Um, but yeah, in two EO3, I don't have time to touch that. Two, two EO3 is kind of like a... I, sometimes it feels like a bit of a house of cards because I teach you just enough to understand all the chemistry and then I dive into it and hope there wasn't something that I missed that like a gap in knowledge at the beginning. But um, yeah, yeah, completely different uh, flavors of chemi organic chemistry there. Mm -hmm. um, also the lab component, you know, one course gets the lab, the other course doesn't. Oh God, the lab was horrible for me because I live in Ottawa and they had in-person labs. Oh. So I drove, I drove five hours. <laughs> Oh, like, they did that for uh, the two experiments <laughs> yeah two oh, I think. wow wow i'm yeah. committed to my education what can <laughs> I, I i think that's just bad decision making on your part rebecca i don't know <laughs> but if it was two that's not bad so you know. yeah it's only it was only two but um yeah yeah that's committed yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Okay, Doctor Chiba, real quick, um, let's let's talk a little bit about your background, like your upbringing. Where are you from? What city are you from originally? How yeah. how did you kind of get into um teaching at McMaster? And just give us a quick uh, overview. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I um. So I grew up in the area. So I grew up in Toronto, sort of uh, border of you know east east side of Toronto, border of Scarborough and Toronto. Uh, that's where I grew up. I went to school there. Um, I ended up doing my undergrad and graduate school at U of T. Um, I was very much just lived at home, never left home in school. So I, I, was at, I lived at home for most of my PhD as well. I was pretty, I was living in my parents' basement for a lot of my youth. Um, uh, but then, uh, so that was mostly out of Toronto. And then during grad school, I was a sort of a bioorganic chemist. So my focus was mostly organic chemistry, but I did some biochemistry as well, which is where I get my, you know, gen chem, organic chem, chemical biology background. So I do teach a couple courses in the chem bio program as well. Um, and then during grad school, like grad school is all about doing research, but uh, I found in grad school, like I really enjoyed the uh, like TAing and the teaching aspect of it, you know, working with undergrads and that sort. And I did a little bit of course development and stuff, tutorials, labs and stuff. And, I just decided, you know, once I graduated, I decided, you know, research wasn't really for me. Like I, I could do it. I just didn't enjoy it as much. And I really liked the teaching part and, you know, decided at that point, you know, I'm just, I'm going to become like a teaching focused faculty, um, uh, academic. I, you know, I want to focus more on the teaching and that side of things. And that's been my life ever since I, uh, um, and to break into the field, like I started, like I started my own tutoring company and I did a little bit of private tutoring. I did a lot of like teaching MCAT courses and that sort. And then uh, I eventually broke in and got my first position teaching uh, a university level course. And I've just been sort of climbing the ladder from there. I taught uh, actually Chem 2 EO3 in 2015 it was the second course I'd ever taught. Wow. The first course I ever taught, and this is a, that's actually a fun story. So the first course I ever taught was uh, organic chemistry at Trent University and I was living in Toronto so I drive to Peterborough every morning to teach this course or two week, two mornings a week so I go two hours to Peterborough teach a three-hour course and then drive back to Toronto um, yeah. and and you know what I when I got hired the the hiring process was just uh, I got an email and the the chair of the department's like hey um if we made you an offer would you teach the course and I said sure he's like okay <laughs> Come and teach. And then essentially all it was was they just pushed me in the room. It's like, here, teach chapters one to nine, and uh, we'll see you in six weeks. And I'm, okay. Wow. <laughs> <Chapters> course, <laughs> whatever. I didn't even speak to anyone. I didn't know anyone in the department. And then at the end, I said, hey, uh, did I do a good job? I don't know, because it's the first time I'd ever taught anything. And the chair of the department was like, well, no one came to my office to complain. So, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> and so, yeah. and then I, I, uh, I applied for another teaching position at McMaster, 2003 in 2015. Uh, got an interview for that. And again, to chair of the department at McMaster, asked me one question in there, or two questions in the interview. First, he asked, so I see you taught this course at uh, Trent University. Like, what textbook did you use? And I said, no, I use this textbook. I said, okay, good. Um, how many people were in that class? And I was like, oh, it was like 20, because Trent's a small university. 
It's like, oh, well, a two wheel three is 200 people. Can you handle that? <laughs> I guess. It's like, okay, you're hired. And again, wow. they, just, they, just, they, just, they just put me in the room, said, okay, teach this course. Here's the lecture hall, go for it. And in 12 weeks, <laughs> course is done. They're like, oh, okay, uh, they do a good job. Yeah, we didn't get any complaints. You're good. I'm uh, dead. But then uh, after that, uh, I got a like a, I got a more full time position, and so I teach from those are like single course contracts, which is how the teaching starts. Um, and then from there, I went into like full time. I taught at Trent University for two years as a, a full time faculty, and then I came over to McMaster University, and this is my uh, third year here. So a little bit of jumping on either side of uh, Toronto there, but I lived two years in Peterborough and now three years here. Wow, it's only your third year here. Yeah, yeah, so when you guys uh, had me in 183, that was my, that was year one. So that was my first yeah. year teaching at McMaster. I was gonna bring that up because I remember something about Dr. Chibbert was a new teacher in town, a new <laughs> professor, new chemistry professor. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I remember that, I remember that. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, and it's, um, there's a little aspect of musical chairs sometimes um, when you got like certain faculty members moving around universities a little bit. And so I came in and replaced, who did I replace? I think I replaced Dr. Chen who had moved to Ryerson. There's a little bit of musical chairs around, um, or maybe those and someone else, but yeah, yeah, I was, that was brand new that year. Um, and uh, it was a, like, and like they threw me again, threw me straight into MDCL, which is the most awkward room to teach in. Like, I had no idea how this room worked when I started in there. Right. Uh, wait, wait, just to refresh my mind, that's the big, big lecture hall in the first yeah. floor, right? The famous yeah, that big one with the, uh, you know, halt the two screens on either side, which yeah. are on the, pretty much on the yeah. ceiling. Yeah, it's a, it was a weird room. Um, but so yeah, that was, yeah. So what I learned from this is professors are just as clueless as the first years. <laughs> oh, sometimes. <laughs> well, it depends on in what. <laughs> it was my first my first teaching gig. Like I, I knew it was I knew what I was teaching and I knew how to teach. It was just you know it was just the idea of oh yeah just go in this room do your job and yeah, yeah. new environment. Wait, did you did you have like did you ever like want to actually teach at McMaster specifically or no? It was just like oh they they teach the the courses that I'm interested in. It looks like they need a professor there and then you just went there or no you had experience with like i've been to mcmaster i know people that went there i know how stuff works um you know i wish i could tell you that i was like i've always wanted to go to mcmaster but yeah. <laughs> um no the, the truth fair is enough, fair enough. particularly in the academic field um mm. you because the positions that appear, the positions that are, are available are kind of few and far between yeah, there's right. not a ton of positions that are available so you kind of have to be able to travel around and take yeah. the positions as they come Right. Um, but that being said, actually, yeah, that being said, when I was working, I was working at Trent, which is a little further away from uh, Toronto, and it's a smaller and smaller university. And McMaster is a little bigger, which was partly why I uh, wanted to come to McMaster. It was a little bigger. It was a uh, it's a higher quality at university, and I'm trying to right. throw Trent. Yeah, new experience, new experience, new, yeah, new environment. Yeah, closer right. to Toronto. Um, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, those were the big ones. Uh, but yeah, it was more the position it opened up at McMaster, so I jumped on it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Great. And, so, and they made me a competitive offer, so I was not <laughs> that either. So can't turn <laughs> that down, you know. <laughs> no, they uh, they know how to negotiate. We'll just. <laughs> So you said Chem EO3 is like filled with all sorts of different faculties, like health side, life side, engineering, a little bit of our size sprinkled in there. Yeah. Which faculty do you like to teach the most? Oh, oh I can't. <laughs> Why does every professor say that? Yeah. This is in trouble. <laughs> no. I, it's going to affect the teacher. Yeah, no, I know. It's <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say which faculty. Okay, okay, okay. But, but what about... Can you tell which faculty a student is in? Um, I can see, I can, one-on-one yeah, -on -one it's a little tricky, but definitely like groups of students I can tell which faculty they're from. I, it's actually easier to figure it out um, when teaching online than it was in person. Like in person, I know like, okay, certain groups sit in certain spots <laughs> in the room and that's that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like you can spot the engineers because they all have their jackets. Like the engineers, <laughs> yeah. You know, engineers are easy. First day one, they're all in their overalls. I'm like, okay, there's the engineers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
No, online there's um, like with MS Teams and like all the different groups that I had set up and like you could see the students who were interacting, like um, you could, I could, I could hide a little more vibe of uh, like which groups students were in. Um, like I found, I think I found uh, in 2EO3, like the, the uh, health size students were the most vocal in the teams by a long shot. Um, and a lot of the students who I knew were the engineers. I don't think they said a word. I don't think they <laughs> ever said a word in the MS teams, to be honest. Um, but the engineers in 2EO3 are very class. Um, historically, they, uh, the course used to be like, if you didn't do any of the tests, your exam would be worth 100% of your grade. That's what it used to be. And like there'd be like 10 engineers who would just go for that. Like they wouldn't show up the entire year and then just walk into the exam and hope to pass the course. You're kidding. It was a thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I had a uh, one student once. I had two students do that one year. Um, one of them got a twenty-eight on the exam. Not 20, twenty-eight out of thirty, or like twenty-eight <laughs> percent. Percent. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, I want to get the benefit of the doubt, but <laughs> yeah. And someone else got ninety-seven, and that was their like final grade in the course. Oh, what the uh, hell? It could be done. Just it was just like. Yeah. It's you, your choice to risk that. Yeah. Would you would you recommend that uh, that method, or yeah, he would recommend you know take it? No, no, no. no. Show, up, show up and write all the tests because if you do better on the exam, you get the, the weight will transfer anyways. <laughs> so there's no harm in doing all the work. But yeah, there are a couple who have tried it. Yeah. Let's let's stay on teaching a little bit. Uh, Rebecca, do you have questions? I I want to stay on teaching a little bit. So I want to tell you, Doctor Chiba, I think like the way you like teach chemistry and you try to keep it engaging and fun. It's like, I've seen it. I've seen it happen uh, like within certain classes, but most of the time, um, because the content is kind of heavy and it's loaded and stuff like that. A lot of the time, the professors just give us the information quick, quick, quick. And then they just move on. Like there's no like engagement with the students or a lot of office hours or, you know what I mean? Some of those stuff. Like I was just wanted to see, were you always the type of professor that, wanted to like you know involve the office hours and like keep it a little bit fun engaging like the online component even though it was there a lot of people thought like you know it's going to be even boring than more boring than it was in person but i thought it was very good like there was fun engaging moments like there was a lot of different options to take like you you tried to keep it as engaging as possible like can you speak a little bit to that because i think more courses need to incorporate that you know yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, so. When I uh, when the pandemic hit and I was thrown into Chem two e o three, like it was the course I've taught every year. But you know, once July and August hit last year, a lot of us faculty were like, we have no idea how to teach an online course. Like I've never taught an online course in my life, and everyone had different opinions on how the courses would be designed. And I was involved in the first year course design as well, so I was looking at well, what are they doing in first year? What are they doing in 2083, what is this course doing? Like I was kind of looking at what all these other courses were doing and trying to pick, I was trying to pick like, oh, I like that, I like that. But I ended up just going with the strategy of, why don't I just give this class as many resources as I can from every different angle, like different channels on MS Teams and um, you know, we'll do uh, recordings of lectures as well as synchronous lectures. So we'll do a bit like a hybrid method and um, all these little things and uh, see what sticks. And I mean, I think from the student's point of view, like different students liked different resources and they went with that. Um, but I really just wanted to provide as diverse a set of resources as I could, as I could, and then try and figure out, well, what do students like? And then just like put energy and effort into that. Um, so that was really my strategy, but um, oh, I'm just an engaging person in general. And I, I felt like, look, if I can get students talking, if I can get students asking questions, then at least they're thinking about chemistry and that's really the point of it like i want students i want students to watch the module and think about it not just watch the module walk away and never think about it again mm. but try and push them a little bit um i think for engagement with a course like chem uh with a course like organic chemistry um absolutely it's a heavy topic um and from my perspective uh so organic chemistry is traditionally a what they call a service course in a sense that most of the students like 98 percent of students who take organic chemistry is the it's the last chemistry course they'll ever take like i'm, I'm under no disillusions that and with two eo3 for example i know no one in that class is ever taking another chemistry course again like it's literally a dead end in terms of it's um, a fair assumption yeah oh it's literally <laughs> a dead end in terms of uh like prerequisites 
Yeah. And so I just keep that in mind when I teach. Like, I don't want to teach something and say, oh, yeah, you'll learn about this more. This is really interesting. Because I'm like, well, I mean, it's like, or, you know, like, oh, you know, if you go further, you'll learn this. I don't want to say those things because I know it's not going to happen. But I do, I do want to at least give context of what you're learning in this course to other fields that, you know, you may be in, just so that you don't see this information as like, oh, this is just the useless dead end that I'll just, I just have to take. And once I get over this hump, I'll never think about it again. Right? So that's why I try to make the connections, make the engagement, um, because I know it's, a, it's the kind of course that, you know, people just want to get through and never think about again. And I see that as a challenge. Like, no, no, no. You're going to get through this course and you're going to remember something at the end. You know, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna go have some coffee with a friend five years from now and tell them something you learned from this course. And then I win because I taught you something that you remembered five years from now. So that's how I think about it and organic chemistry in general. And uh, so when I'm teaching, so that's sort of my aspect. And then even with a course like two, we have three challenges, the diversity of class, you do have the engineers, the life size, the health size, um, all from, you know, different backgrounds and also different destinations moving forward. So I try and appeal to all three, um, but, you know, I do my best. Uh, that, that's, how I, that's how I think about it. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed teaching online this year. I thought it was fun. I liked the MS Teams, the engagement, students answering and asking each other's questions online was awesome to see. Um, I think it was a little slow at first and then it picked up and then, you know, during test time it was a little crazy, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome when you see like someone ask a question and someone else answer it. And then you see people starting to just answer each other's questions. I'm like, this is the best part of it. Like, I mean, not only are students answering each other's questions, so I don't have to do any work, but it's a way of learning, right? You, if you can answer someone else's question, you're, um, you're sort of reinforcing uh, the confidence that you know that concept. Yeah, for sure. That's like something I like about online school is that in a person, in a huge lecture hall, I would never be that type of person to raise my hand and like actually ask a question that's way too scary for me. But mm -hmm. in like the online format, I feel like it's so much easier just to type a question in the chat and yeah yeah that is and that's one thing i've learned from online uh teaching no one no one likes to turn on the camera no one likes to turn off the uh mic or turn on the mic but if you ever ask hey does anyone have any questions the chat will go wild yeah, yeah. Uh, which is fine and i think uh at the beginning of the year i had no idea how ns teams worked i thought ns teams was like the worst design program in the world and now it's like my secret best friend like i can't i don't know what i'd do without it um, <laughs> I actually may use Microsoft when we go back in person and teach classes in person. I may still use MS Teams as like this platform for like online communication outside of class, just for like you know channels where students can talk about different topics. Um, I don't know if it'll fly well, but I'm gonna try it. I think there's a uh, utility for it. Yeah, for sure. I like it better than Avenue to Learn, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, 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 and I, like it's just a little more instantaneous. It's a little more personable. Avenue is a little even if you have like. And I know there's a lot of functionality on Avenue that I have no idea how it works, but I knew Avenue is discussion boards, but nah, Teams is the way. I like Teams better for just a little more instantaneous interactions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, Rebecca, I'm ready to move on to the next segment. We've been waiting on this a little bit, but <laughs> Dr. Chibba, if you're okay, we wanted to get your live reaction to some <laughs> the rate my prof uh, comments that your students have been leaving i don't know do you check that from time to time that's like googling yourself you know Dr. yeah yeah I, i'm aware of it in the background it's all the uh you know what i find i find uh rate my prof it's all love and hate there's never <laughs> nothing in the middle yeah i know because if you feel like really strongly about a prof you're yeah. either like love them or you hate them and then yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the, and the challenge too is when you teach big classes like I teach all the classes I've taught this year are like 300, 400 plus, you know, you're going to have some, you're going to have, a, you're going to have a, most of the students in the middle, but you're going to have some who love you and some who hate you. There's no avoiding it. Mm -hmm. At least in my perspective, maybe there isn't, maybe there's a way and I haven't figured it out yet, but you get both sides. <laughs> How many stars is Dr. Shiba on, on rate my prof? It has to be at least 4.5, at least. Uh, have you checked? See. Okay. Yeah. Why do you check that? Yeah. Why okay, you wait, check that? Guess, guess. You yeah, Dr. Shiba, I wanted to see what you think. <laughs> okay, you know what? It, it, I'm not going to guess because I actually know exactly what it is. Oh, okay. Dr. Shiba's hit. Let's yeah, go. Okay, like, you know, no, let me, let me guess. I'm really going to guess it. I bet it says uh, 3.9 and 27 ratings. 
Let's go. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Chiba like reads okay. it every night. <laughs> okay, like, we're scrapping. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm aware. Or professors are aware of it. They know it. Yeah, yeah. yeah some, some care more than others, but I always I know it in the back of my head. Yeah. Well, what, wait. Well, I still want to see what your reaction is to these three that we chose. Sure. Because Rebecca chose. Uh, let's. I want to see what you think about these. So here we go. First one. Chiba is a fantastic, quirky prof. The course is tough, but he's very good at, at explaining key concepts in understandable ways. Go to his office hours if you're having trouble. He will go out of his way to help you learn. Literally, the few negative reviews here sound like they were written by the same person. LOL. <laughs> That's the first one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not false. I, you know, <laughs> I've had some pretty long office hours. But I, can, I used to do the, uh, I don't know if anyone ever came to my, uh, what I used to call the night before office hours. The night before a test for 1A03 or 1A03, I'd do the help center. And I'd be there till I was there till like 11 p.m. one night. Just wow. I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna leave until you guys have no more questions left. Like, I'm gonna, like this is a challenge. I'm gonna defeat you guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, quirky. Is that the thing? Yeah. I can go <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next one. Um, love this man. He's god awful at teaching the entire Chem 1A03 course except when he starts teaching Orgo. He's so good at teaching Orgo, and besides how terrible he usually is at teaching, he's such a fun guy to be around. If you go to his office hours, he's so helpful, and he stays late past his hours to help everyone. He's really good at teaching one-on-one. -on -one. Well, so a little bit of love-hate relationship with this comment. Yeah, well, there's the trend. Apparently, office hours are the way to go. Um, yeah, and I mean, I'm an organic chemist. I teach organic chemistry better than uh, uh, other topics. I'll be so. Actually, to give you a little bit of give you a little bit of context um, with university teaching, and this is my experience on um, teaching courses at different universities. Because I've moved from university, I've taught at Trent University in Peterborough. I taught at McMaster University, um, and I found the biggest challenge is when you you know you come into a classroom for the first time or an institution for the first time and teach a course for the first time. Um, it's not necessarily about teaching you know great or poor. Like my teaching is my teaching. I don't think I'm better or worse at any other topic than another, any other topic. I found the, the biggest challenge um, teaching chemistry, first year chemistry at McMaster the first time was finding the right level to explain content. Okay? Um, and just to give you a little bit of context here, and this is just pragmatic context here. Uh, I used to teach first year general chemistry at Trent University before I came to McMaster. And when you teach the, um, the 12U graduating average for a science student at Trent University is about 75%. Like that's the sort of OUAC average. Whereas at McMaster, it's probably closer to 90%. Yeah, higher. Yeah. It's higher. Um, and so when you teach first year chemistry, there's a different sort of baseline level that you communicate the knowledge at. And so the first year I taught at McMaster, it was like, you know, trying to find that right point. And then the second year, I'm like, oh, no, I figured it out. <laughs> but it takes a year to figure it out. And uh, it's tricky to, even at higher levels, um, organic is not so hard to figure out because organic chemistry, everyone's starting at the same point um, at second year. Uh, but like I, I went to Trent University. I taught a fourth year course, fourth year uh, biochemistry course. And the hardest thing was I just walked into this course teaching fourth year for the first time. And I was like, I have no idea what you guys learned in first, second, or third year. Like, yeah. I remember what I learned in third year at a different university, and that's completely different than what, you know, another university would learn it. Students at another university would learn it third year. And then I found like half the stuff I taught, the students were like, we've never seen any of this in our lives. And then half the stuff I taught, the students were like, dude, we learned that like two years ago. It was just like finding that balance point. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think my, I know I, I'm Pretty sure those comments came from my first year teaching at Mac, and that was my experience teaching at Mac, just trying to find the right yeah. um, level to teach. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I mean, 203 is a course that I've been, that's my fourth time teaching it, so I've, I know exactly where to teach that yeah. course, and level yeah. and how far to push. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, you don't have to read the last one, um, but well, here's what I'll tell you, Dr. Shiba. The, uh, the, the students want to know why does Dr. Shiba pace around when he's teaching or why does he walk around so much compared to other professors when he's teaching in person? Oh, that's, yeah. Um, it's just, just my thing. 
it's, it's just, just my point. habit right like when it's you're habit. presenting and yeah. yeah you know it's it's one of those things it's if you ever see me on the phone mm. i don't stand still when i'm on the phone either if i were if, oh, if my yeah. phone rang and i started talking you'd see me doing walking circles in this room or just <laughs> right. walk laps around my apartment like it's a thing i do yeah for uh, sure. i didn't even know uh when i first uh started teaching i didn't even know it was a thing until the first course i i taught <laughs> and i realized like, i i just walk around everywhere like I had no idea it was going to happen until I um, started teaching. And I remember the, uh, yeah, the very first time I taught Chem 2 EO3 in 2005. Um, you know, I was put in this room. There was 200 students in the class. I never taught a class over 20. It's, uh, it's scary when you have a room of 220 students and you, know, you got to teach this class for 12 weeks. Uh, <laughs> like I was sitting at the desk there. I'm like, holy yeah. There's a lot of people in here. What's going on? Well, yeah, but, the transition for you was really high. Like you went from a very small class size to boom, like yeah, huge. 10 times. Yeah. And I never, I don't think I'd ever spoken in front of more than like 30 people at a time. Yeah. So uh, that was a, an eye-opening experience. But to be honest, I remember like looking at the clocks, like, okay, 1218 or 12, or like 1228, 1229, 1230 hit. Okay. Class starts. I start talking yeah. and then suddenly I just forget where I am. And then I, by the time that's the end of the class i'm like okay i just spoke for 50 minutes class is over and i've been pacing for an hour and i had no idea <laughs> like, it was just like i went from like fear like oh god what am i doing to just oh 50 minutes pass and i've been pacing the entire time and i had no idea that i taught that lecture so um like you just, just blacked out you just blacked out the entire time <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay i just want i just want an automatic like uh the teaching is just automatic but the pacing is just it just comes with it um but i do uh I did learn uh, the first year when I taught at Mac at MDCL. Um, I do like the pacing, like it's my thing. I think it keeps students a little awake, but I did have to restrain myself a little bit because MDCL is so big. Like sometimes I walk up the stairs, I'm like, no, no, too far. Got to pull yourself back to the center. <laughs> at times I was like, with Dr. Chip was about to exit at the door in the back because you went all the way up. And yeah. Like yeah, yeah. It, uh, after a while I had to like pull myself back a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> No, but I get it though. I get it. Like you're, you're immersed, like when you're talking and you're trying, and by the way, there's so much information that sometimes you try to jam into one like lecture and it's hard. Like you have to keep on going, keep on going without like, you know, having, having, having a sense of what the time is and making sure all the information is taught. So I get it. Do you like teaching your smaller classes with 20 people more or bigger classes with like 300 people more? Oh, they are, you know what? I like both. They're completely different beasts. Um, so my, uh, my PhD supervisor, the very first time I taught a course, um, the advice he gave me, and this is gonna sound completely, a little probably out of left field, but it, there's a lot of truth to it. Um, like when you're teaching a class of 20, 30, 40, you know, you're a teacher. Um, and then he said, once the class size gets beyond about 80 students, you're no longer a teacher, you're an entertainer. Your job is no longer to make sure everyone gets understands the information. Your, your job is now to keep everyone awake and engaged. Because you, you kind of transition from like a, even with 20, 30 students, there's a little more of a one-on-one -on -one, um, aspect to it, to like a big class. Then it's like, oh, it's a little more like communicating knowledge to a, a large subset of students and hoping that the maximum number of students understand that information because you don't really have the capacity to make sure that, you know, the one student isn't falling behind. You can't keep track of each individual student. So they're very different beasts. Um, and I have a bit of a, I have a different teaching style for like a 20 person class versus a, like a 300 person class. Um, but it's a different thought process going in, I would say. I don't know what I enjoy more. Um, I do teach more big classes uh, here at McMaster, um, but it's just, that's more just based on my role here. Mm -hmm. um, generally my role in mcmaster it's they they tell me the courses to teach and i teach it like it's uh it's an assignment um actually it's like that at any university but uh when i when i applied for the job i knew that's this is what the assignment was for this particular role i see do you prefer students call you dr chippa because i know a lot of professors in health side we just call them by their first name yeah first, first name is fine with me i don't push it either way like i i kind of say day one like call me whatever you want dr chiba anthony guy just point at me that's fine like 
like, I don't care, but uh, yeah, it doesn't, I, either anything's fine. Um, whatever students are comfortable with. Uh, I get a lot, actually, you know what I get a lot of? Um, because my email address is Chiba A, because Anthony Chiba, mm -hmm. a lot of students will be like, hello, Dr. Chiba. <laughs> 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 Anything for okay. I get a funny. lot of those emails. <laughs> Hello, funny. Dr. Chiba. <laughs> yeah. They add the A at the end because that's my email address. Oh my God, that's yeah, hilarious. That's funny. No, um, no, first name is fine. And I think um, just as a rule of thumb with any faculty member, this is how I treat things anyways. Um, if you send a faculty member an email and you say, oh, you you start your email with Dr. whatever, and if they if the if the professor or faculty member replies to their email with their first name, that is them telling you a first name basis is completely allowed. No, I didn't know that. Okay. That is so that if you, if someone, if you email a professor and say, Oh, hello, Dr. Chip, and I reply, Yeah, no, not a problem. And then I sign off as Anthony, that is my permission to do. Just call me Anthony. It's, it's, it's casual. And that's generally how professors communicate. Okay. That's great. Yeah. This one time I had a high school prof and they would deduct points if we ever called him anything than Mr. Blank. <laughs> it was so scary. Yeah, I could set a, set a tone there. Uh, rapid fire questions. You ready, Dr. Shibo? Let's hear it. Okay, let's go. Um, first one, if you were not a professor, what would you be doing as a career? Oh, oh. Jeez, yikes. I've been a professor for so long, I don't even know. <laughs> I'd probably be a researcher of some sort. Um, pharmaceutical researcher. research. Mm, not um, a world traveler, photographer, <laughs> oh, <laughs> a dancer. <laughs> Is that the answer? Was that the right answer? <laughs> no, nah, there's no right answers. <laughs> like, no, I, from a profession, I'd probably be more a researcher. researcher. I'd be working in the pharmaceutical industry, if anything. Um, that was the that was sort of my life deciding moment when I graduated with my PhD teaching or R&D research in pharmaceuticals and I chose a teaching that fair enough but let's take it back a little bit let's take it one Ooh. step back when you were in like let's say middle school elementary <laughs> school what did you think you were gonna do as your career baseball player oh baseball player. you were gonna have baseball okay I'm a big baseball player. I loved baseball as a kid Wow. I, I, okay. when I, I was like, I was six years old when the Blue Jays won the World Series. So my mind was like brainwashed at that point. What is your favorite hobby? Uh, oh, let's come back to this. I, I still play softball every year. Mm. Big softball player every summer. Um, I have a softball team that I've been on for about 15 years now um, that I've played on wow. in the summer. That's nice. uh, every something I look forward to every summer. Wow! Are they playing still? Like g even given COVID, because I, I also used to play soccer a lot in the summertime. And, uh, last year, last year things were canceled, which was very upsetting. But mm -hmm. seems like this year it's a go. So hopefully this year we're back. Yeah, give it a month and it'll be swinging yeah. the bat again. Yo, don't you show up? By the way, like, like I don't know why, but it's like sports with I told Rebecca this sports that involve sticks and bats and things like that they're so hard for me. I don't know why, like lacrosse or hockey or baseball. I just can't get into it. Like I feel like it's it's hard because you already you have to focus on two things. There's a ball and you have the bat in your hand. So I think it's actually impressive people that properly hit the thing. And I, I could never do a cricket. I, you know, I don't mind baseball so much because the ball is pretty large. I don't understand golf. Like, I don't understand how people, like, oh like take a ball, like this tiny ball, yeah. and then put it in a hole 400 yards away by hitting it three or four times. Like, how do you hit this ball three times and get it into a tiny hole 400 yards away? I know. It's, it's, it's immense, like, coordination. I don't know how yeah. they do. And also patience. Like, how many times do you have to do that to get your yeah. body used to it? Yeah. Okay. And have um, you, like, take into account the wind? and everything too all that yeah yeah um i guess i'm also a big biker like i just a, I bike a lot in the summer that'd be another hobby mm. that's yeah. fun yeah yeah hopefully we'll get back into that there's a lot of uh trails in hamilton too so it's, it's a good place for for biking yeah, yeah i got a lot of it last year last last summer was a big biking season just because mm. everything yeah. else was shut down but I can yeah not much not much to do yeah. <laughs> yeah um okay favorite movie and tv show Oh, favorite movie, favorite movie, favorite movie. Why do I always forget about this? Yeah, whenever someone puts me on the spot, I can never think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
favorite movie is hard though. I'll oh, give it to you. Favorite movie okay, is so hard no. to choose. I know what it is. I know what it is. I'm probably gonna embarrass myself. <laughs> what is it? It's a classic movie. Star Trek Two. Star Trek. I actually haven't watched any of the Me Star Trek. Oh, gotta get into I'm, it. I'm a big Trekkie person. Star Trek Two: <laughs> The Wrath of Khan. It's my classic go-to movie. Okay. William Shatner. I was a big Trekkie when I was a, a big Star Trek nerd when I was a kid. Uh, right. TV show wise, oh, I don't know. TV shows are kind of like I just get into shows. I, I'm a binge watcher, so I'll watch a show from beginning to end, and then I'll forget about it, and suddenly it's a new show. Um, so I don't know what my favorite is, but I could probably tell you some shows I've most recently watched. Um, Shit's Creek, that was awesome. Mm, I've mm. heard of that one. Haven't that, watched. That's a really good show. I really, I love that one. Uh, that one was recent. Before that. Uh, oh, I don't want to have to embarrass myself. No, it's a TV show? Yeah. Ever watch uh, Letterkenny? Mm, no, What's what is about? that? No, just don't watch it. And just don't. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I want to search it up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's, 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 uh, Letterkenny. Letterkenny. It's, 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 is it's like an older show? No, it's, it's, it's more recent. Um, but it's kind of like, like, Canadians who live in farmland. It's very, mm. I can't even describe it. It's one of these shows where like, you either love it or you just don't get it. So it's like The Office, right? It just either goes completely yeah. over your head. And you're like, what am I yeah. watching? Or you really <laughs> Okay, fair it's enough. Okay. I watch fair weird enough. shows too. I love watching 16 and Pregnant, you know, those TLC shows. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was I was all over all the uh, Marvel shows, all the Marvel movies uh, the past like oh, yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Um, and then once uh, the newest Avengers came out, the, um, the newest end, Avengers. Endgame what, right? The endgame? Endgame. And <laughs> yes, I'm like, I've like hit like just complete like, um, I, don't know, I just can't watch a Marvel movie after that. I'm like, I'm just Wait, tired. how come? How come? I thought it was a good, I thought it was a good movie. It was awesome. It was great. Like the lead up from like the original uh, Marvel movies, like the original Captain America, the original Iron Man, the original Thor, all the way to Endgame was like just an amazing arc. And yeah. now I'm just facing like Marvel fatigue. I'm like, I just need a few years to like yeah. absorb it all. Yeah. I mean, they took the whole last year off uh, and like they knew like the gravity. Like, people were really attached to that stuff. I don't know if you yeah, realize, but. And you know what? I think that was intentional. I think, yeah. like, I don't think I'm the only one who suffered from fatigue and they're just like, yeah. we just yeah, need to like. 100%. And I mean, I don't know if you know, but they have like new TV shows. There was one that they did with WandaVision and then now yeah. they're doing a new one. I'm following it. Like, I'm still in it, you know? Like, yeah, it's, uh, no, I, I used to make the joke when. Back when the Marvel movies were in theater, I go to theaters. I go to theaters and watch every one of those Marvel movies. Like when it came out, you know, new Thor, new Avengers, whatever. I went to the theater. I was pretty much. I made a joke. Like whenever there was a new uh, Marvel, uh, like, uh, what's the word? Um, Release? Not, not, a trailer. Trailer. Whenever trailer, there's a new trailer. Marvel trailer, I'm in the theater. I'm like, I'm just gonna throw my wallet at the screen because I'm just, <laughs> I see a trailer for a Marvel movie. Just, just take my money. Yeah, I'll watch it. <laughs> Like, no, why don't I, I just, at that point, I was like, why don't I just give Dizzy my credit card number and let them bill me whenever a new movie comes out? <laughs> and then now you can with Disney Plus. Never mind. True. <laughs> they made that dream come true. Exactly. Okay. So, what is something interesting that no student knows about you? No, none of that. Phobias. Oh, okay. Here, I do have a phobia. Yeah, this is going to like this. Okay. <laughs> Random phobia. Um, popsicle sticks. Cannot Whoa. touch them. Well, we need we need an explanation. <laughs> no, um, like just they just give me like I just like shiver and like get like like I see someone touching touching a popsicle stick, and like I just have to look away. Really? Like, yeah, it gives me I see someone eating a popsicle. I just I just freak out. Like if if you want to get on my nerves, come to my lecture and just have a like eat a popsicle. I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> Like I'm gonna have to walk out of the room. I'm dead. Next year, next year, if you guys don't want class, all of us just bring pops. <laughs> just bring pops. Will six throw them at me? I, I'd, I'd be an, I'm a nightmare. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, you know why? Enough. I don't know what it is. I have no idea why. And it's 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 weird too because um I said this to my family once, and then my uncle has the same thing. Mm. I'm like, is it genetic? Is that even <laughs> possible? A genetic phobia? Like I, I'm not a genetic. I, I Last time I, I took genetics in undergrad, but that was like 15 years ago. I'm not an expert in it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And it's it's just yeah, popsicle sticks. And then like even those like sticks that you use to stir coffee, like ugh, mm. I have to like 
if I just turn my knock and they only have those wooden sticks, I like hold my breath, close my eyes, and like just scrunch and then throw it out. Really? What about like branches? Tree branches? Tree branches, wood, lumber, no fear. It's just the actual like the thin popsicle stick. What about toothpicks? Toothpicks? Toothpicks are fine. Mm. It's weird. It's just the flat, large, that surface area. That's crazy. Ali, let's do our thesis on that. <laughs> yeah, we got a thesis coming yeah. up. Maybe we'll I don't know what it is about it, but the thing is, no, and I, I just remember, like, remember you go to a doctor and they put the popsicle stick on your mouth? <laughs> yes, I do and remember that. memory that. that I get, that's, that, that also just gives me the awful vibes. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. There we go. Something mm. that you didn't know about Dr. Shiba. Um, and then last but not least, we have here, how does Dr. Chiba train his calves? Because Dr. Chiba, I don't know if you know, but people are out here, they're like, Dr. Chiba, we're training for years and years and years. How is the, how's the muscles just going with it? The calves? Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know. That was the, uh, that was the statement from the very first, the first course I taught at McMaster. <laughs> First time I got course evaluations back, and that's like one of the first things that comes up. I'm like, what? Where did this come from? <laughs> Why would someone even write this in my course evaluation? <laughs> um, but then I write that one pretty well. I like to do the uh, the joke. The uh, yeah, yeah someone think... said I have sexy calves, and then I do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only brought it up. Like I wasn't trying to make you uncomfortable or anything, but it's just. Yeah. I don't why but yeah students they do ask that question they like, do you yeah. talk about the calves <laughs> yeah. but yeah that's, no. just, that's just students having fun though like they're just joking around oh absolutely people. absolutely yeah and as student evaluations I, I i love them they're awesome um you get a, you get all the opinions you get the good opinions the bad opinions the funny yeah. stuff there's some there is some gold in there uh, <laughs> i've talked to other profs too and like sometimes we just joke about the most random evaluations <laughs> yeah i mean you i mean you just reminded me you do have a instagram account you know and i've seen you're very fond of the memes you know you post yeah. yourself you you know it's good oh, yeah i'm aware I, I know i know what's going on in the real world sometimes yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's very he's very woke on the memes oh yeah yes you see i think i got a meme right uh here <laughs> oh, <there you> <laughs> Bernie Sanders. That's the one. That that one broke the that one broke the McMaster confession pages. Did it really? Oh, I didn't even know we were posting that. Or no, where, where was it? Maybe Reddit. I don't know. I saw it somewhere. Yeah. But yeah. Um, <laughs> do you mind? Do you mind if students follow you on uh, on Instagram or your other social platforms? No, no, it's fine. I uh, Instagram. Well, yeah. No, my Instagram is pretty much a uh, public institutional account anyways oh that's fine i i know uh i thought it was at the at the first i was like oh wow random people are following me <laughs> and now it's just like okay now it's mostly <laughs> and that's cool. but no that's fine uh generally what I, my 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 rule is if you want to follow me on instagram go for it i don't care um that's great just uh don't like send me messages on instagram being like hey can you give me an upgrade on my mark like I'm <laughs> have people done that have people no, what? no I've, had, I've had people i've had someone message me on instagram be like you know that the test average is way too low i'm gonna unfollow you if you don't curve the average like this whole rant and i'm like i'm just gonna block you there you're not me anymore like, <laughs> Like I don't, I don't have time for this. Like if you if you have these opinions on the course, like send me an email. Don't complain on Instagram and um, threaten to unfollow me if you if I don't have average. Yeah, yeah, wrong platform. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is an avenue matter, not an Instagram DM matter. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, oh, that's funny. No, but yeah, just you know, just just as long as you know people know there are appropriate avenues of communication for you know different types of communication. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, that's all the rapid fire questions that we had. Awesome. Um, yeah, thanks a lot again for sitting with us, having this conversation. I thought it was very fun. Um, you yeah. know, it'll get to know Dr. Chiba, sit down, talk. Um, I like this. I don't know. Do you th- Dr. Chiba, do you think it's a good idea? Like I like talking to professors a little bit, like getting to know them a little bit better, get their perspective at the same time. I feel like not a lot of that is done. 
I, I think it's I think it's great. Uh, this is going to sound also kind of random too, but my perspective, one of the reasons I like to be engaging and also just tell students about my life and just be like a real person is I want to connect with students, but I feel like if students connect with me and like understand where I come from, who I am, they're going to trust me a little more. And if students trust me more, they're going to learn from me more and easier, right? They're going to be like, oh, he said something. I believe that. I buy that. I want to listen to him. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's just an effective way of teaching on top of that. That's just, and it's also just the person I am. Like, I just want to tell people just, <laughs> you know. Okay. Okay. And with that being said, thank you everyone for listening. Happy Monday. Uh, Dr. Cho, before we leave, any final remarks, anything you want to tell your two EO3 students? Are they doing good? They're doing bad? You know, how's the test marks? Look? Oh, the two, the wait, the two E or the two OB? I two mean, both. I mean, okay. you know, you can maybe compare them even. As you need to step it up, you know. <laughs> two E and two OB. I mean, anyone in anyone in two OB chose not to take me in two E, so I <laughs> two completely different grads. No, they're both great classes. The two E, the two E group this year was great online, um, and I think you know we adjusted to online. The class adjusted online, uh, great, um, and the two two OB crowd is also awesome too. Um, you know, I, I, it's. It's funny too because two OB we had a. Do you actually do you remember in two two EO three when we had the, uh, um, the exam didn't deliver at exactly six fifty five and everyone. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Biggest heart attack of my life. I'm sitting here. I'm like, where did the why why can't anyone see the test? <laughs> like I've never gotten more notifications in a single minute than I did at yeah. that moment. Yeah. And, you know, two, I'm lucky I figured it out within two minutes. We had that issue in 2OB, except it took us 20 minutes to figure out why the test wasn't delivered. Oh, they're freaking out, I can imagine. Actually, it was, it was funny. They freaked out. Everyone freaked out for about two minutes. And then everyone's like, okay, you know what? We get it. They, they'll figure it out. The test will come. Yeah. But that's one of the issues with online, right? The online delivery sometimes, like, you misprogram one thing you write in one wrong letter, and suddenly, like, no one gets their test. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Shout out to all of the Dr. Shiba students at the moment, or yeah, everyone yeah. in them right now. Yeah. It's almost done. Yeah, okay. <laughs> We're all counting on you, me. <laughs> yeah, no, they're probably sad. They're probably sad that's coming to an end. You know. Anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much, Dr. Shiba. Uh -huh. um, and thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. Enjoy. Thank you.